Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hi everyone. Hi. Welcome to Backchat. Welcome to Yogaberry, your yoga for scoliosis community. I'm Christine Jaregiberry for those of you who don't know me yet and I am a yoga teacher and I specialize in teaching those who live with scoliosis. So um, today what we are going to be talking about and this was really inspired by um, a lot of my, my clients as always and especially kind of lately over the last few weeks I had a lot of people who were newly diagnosed with scoliosis so I thought it might be a good idea to talk about this what do you do when you've just been diagnosed with scoliosis and what does that mean for your yoga you know how do you have to change anything um, or maybe you are completely new to yoga and then you've been diagnosed and you don't know what to do so this is what this talk is going to be all about um, what do you do with this diagnosis of having scoliosis and what does that mean? But before I go into it, I just want to say um, welcome. Obviously, if you are joining me live, feel free to type into the chat box. Um, if you are watching this afterwards on the replay, which is absolutely acceptable, know that um, if ever you don't want to watch this on, on YouTube, but you'd rather just kind of listen to, to what I'm saying, um, you can find this show on um, Spotify and on your podcast app on your phone as well. So make sure to subscribe to all the different places. And um, as always, I love getting your comments. Of course, I love getting all your um, suggestions of, you know, guests that you want to see here. Hi, Gail. Good morning. Hope you're well. Um, so yes, make sure that you, that you, um, Put yourself out there, right? And I'm also saying this, I'm I'm actually looking for some more guests for this show. And I always love people, obviously, who work with students that have scoliosis themselves. So if you feel like you can contrib contribute, you've got something to say, feel free to, to get in touch. But I would also love, love, love if you're not a yoga teacher or um, but if you've got a great, well, a great a scoliosis story to tell, something inspiring, maybe how um yoga has helped you then i want to know about it i want to hear it so feel free to get in touch with me i think it would be nice to hear some more um inspiring scoliosis stories here and i think that's what this is all about so it's not just me telling you what to do which is definitely not my intention but it's about um community it's about connection and you don't know who you might be inspiring by sharing your struggles with scoliosis, maybe what has helped you as well. Um, so as always, I do want to know. So make sure that you get in touch with me if you um, would like to be an interview guest here on Backchat. Good, so I'm just gonna acknowledge everyone here in the chat. Liz is here, Kat is here, Hannah is here, Phoebe is here, um, and Gail is here, of course. So thank you so much, guys, for, <coughs> for tuning in. I'm talking about 
diagnosis today. Hi, Laura, we missed you in the class today. So little shout out to my Shine members. Of course, we just had our Wednesday afternoon practice, which has been lovely. And then this week I, I asked, you know, is there anything you want to kind of focus on? And we had a little bit of a, a mix. Um, so we worked on breathing. We worked on opening, creating space. And um, we had a request of a shoulder release as well. So yeah, we had a little good mixture of a class. So if you have missed it and you are a Shine member, then you can, of course, get the replay. Um, so make sure you just go into the Shine membership section and Phoebe uploads, my virtual assistant Phoebe, she uploads the, the class um, usually pretty much straight away. And so like a couple of hours afterwards, you can already get the replay of that. And if you're not a Shine member yet, this is my um, Yoga for Scoliosis um, membership community, then you can find the, the link as always in the description below. Good, but that's as far as announcements and shout outs go. Um, I do have actually one more. <clears throat> I do want to mention my people who are currently doing the practice transformation um, because it's it's been so lovely to see everyone's practice change. And again, it's relevant to this chat today because we did have um, some we had to kind of talk about this diagnosis of of scoliosis right and what does that mean and how much information do you need to get do you need to get an x-ray do you need to get all the the different things so um thank you so much as always for inspiring me and for asking all these amazing questions <clears throat> because that helps me to make this um chat relevant so if you are here live i know there's a bunch of you watching or listening to this live um i would love to know if you can obviously if you're driving don't do it but otherwise um how long ago were you diagnosed and can you remember how it was like to be diagnosed so i would love to hear so so i'm going to give you <clears throat> a minute or so while i'm drinking some tea can you hear my my voice is still not great but i'm slowly getting there so maybe you can remember what what was it like like who diagnosed you um how long ago was this and do you remember what it was like maybe the kind of type of questions that that went through your head uh, maybe the worries that you had so all of this is what we're going to be talking about today good so while i kind of let you think about this um I'm going to share with you that I was I was diagnosed when I was a child and I was probably too young to um, kind of really take it in. So for me personally, I was diagnosed probably when I was five or six years. Um, I just remember my mum just kind of not getting worried, but she was all of the sudden, she was like, you need to go into ballet class. <laughs> so she she was kind of the one who probably, she was the one effectively who got the diagnosis, but for her child, of course. And she was the one who, who had to deal with it. So for me personally, it's kind of always been part of my life, which um, is why it's, it's so great now, obviously, working with people that have scoliosis, 
how different this can be. And, and what I hear very often is that adults um, get diagnosed by kind of by, by not by mistake, uh, what's the what's the word? Um, coincidentally, right? They they weren't even kind of thinking, oh, this is what they had or something like this. They probably went to see a health professional for something else, and then it was mentioned that they had scoliosis. So let me know if if this is maybe something that um, happened to you. Is this something you can relate to? <clears throat> phone. Let me turn that off so it doesn't ring all the time. Um, so this is important, right? Who diagnosed you? Who was the one who, the one, or maybe there were several people that mentioned it. So, for example, um, someone who, who is just in the practice transformation has kind of been diagnosed a little bit vaguely by um, a massage therapist, I believe, or um, a, an osteopath. And then, um, yeah, got kind of a second opinion, which I, I would always say is a really, really good idea. Um, but you want to consider who who's the one who diagnosed you. So bearing in mind a yoga teacher like me, <laughs> uh, a Pilates teacher, a massage therapist, we cannot diagnose anyone. That's not our job, right? <clears throat> So yes, of course, especially if you know if if they are specialists or if they um, work with people with scoliosis, we we recognize it, of course. Um, but this is not our our it's not our place to do this. So I would always be very hesitant if someone who is not a doctor is. Um, is telling you that that kind of like this, you know, having doing a little treatment on you and saying, oh, you've got scoliosis. That's not enough. So I just want to make sure that this is very, very clear because maybe, and they might just, so for them, it's quite, I can see it from our perspective, it might just be very mild and it might just be a pattern or it might just be muscles. Um, so they kind of say it like this, but of course, for you, all the alarm bells go go off and you think, oh my goodness, I've got this thing now. So what do I do about this? So it's very, very important to consider this and really they shouldn't be doing this in the first place, right? But it's very important that you get um, a proper diagnosis, <coughs> preferably um, from from an orthopedist who can tell you or even a, um, a, a physiotherapist who who specializes in scoliosis there's only really a couple of tests that you need to do but you know if you haven't been asked to kind of bend forward and if you haven't had an x-ray it's you have not been diagnosed so this makes it very very simple so if you haven't done the Adams forward bend test and you don't have an X-ray, you do not have a clear diagnosis of scoliosis. So um, I'm loving everyone kind of getting involved in the in the chat. So Kat is saying mine was incidental finding last spring. So it's pretty much what I kind of just um, just said. Doc basically said wasn't going to address it because of being incidental. So I imagine Kat. It didn't cause you any problems. 
um, you probably went to the doctors again for, for something else and then they saw that you've got scoliosis, right? Phoebe is saying uh, since day one, um, does that mean you've got congenital scoliosis? So you were born with scoliosis? And that's obviously another another case, another topic. And then Kat is saying, my notes from the radiologist said, mild degener degenerative changes in the spine causing dextroconvex scoliosis, right? They always make it sound much more complicated than it is. So dextro simply means um, going to the right, levo means going to the left, convex, because we always look at the convexity, so where the curve is going towards. So if you look at this, this would be a right convex in the thoracic and a left convex curve in the lumbar spine. Um, and degenerative, it's got something to do with age, of course, and degeneration. Um, so this is something that can usually, that can occur, especially kind of after menopause, during or after menopause, that um, things can start to kind of go downhill, unfortunately, a little bit. There have actually been studies, um, and I need to look up the exact number again, that probably about 60% of people over 65 have got scoliosis, degenerative scoliosis. <clears throat> so that's a huge amount, obviously. Good. So Rochelle is saying I was diagnosed at 11, 12 years old at school during a standard checkup. Then my parents brought me to a specialist who, and then that's missing, probably did the proper um, diagnosis. So this is a great example. Thank you for sharing this, Rochelle. Um, where someone who probably wasn't qualified to do the diagnosis, but luckily spotted it, um, kind of mentioned that there, there are signs. And then what you do is you go to a specialist and get the actual diagnosis, right? So again, it it it, it wasn't enough. That, so for Rochelle, having this checkup in school was great, but that wouldn't have been enough to confirm that she um, actually has scoliosis. So um, we did this in Germany as well in the, in the school screening. They just have you bend forward, do the Adams forward bend test. But obviously, they do not have x-ray vision. So they cannot say um, if, you know, it might be other reasons why there might be an imbalance. So it's not a proper diagnosis. Good. So Laura says she's 17. Um, a swimming trainer noted that. I saw a doctor but didn't pay any attention to that. My parents didn't realize the importance of the diagnosis because I used to practice all kinds of sport. And good for you and lucky for you, Laura, that you were so so active and you're still in, you know, in really, really amazing shape, of course. Um, and that, you know, this is really important um, to stay active. So this is another thing that can happen, of course, when we are being diagnosed with with uh, scoliosis <clears throat> the what is the 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 kind of what then right and this is the the the, uh, the the name of this chat of course what happens then what does that mean and what does that mean if the doctor says oh you know we'll just wait and see it happens all the time right i hear it all the time 
I say, you know, have you been diagnosed? Yes, by doctor. What did what did the doctor say? They said, oh, there's nothing we can do. And that's exactly what it is. There's nothing that they can do because it's not severe enough for you to have surgery. Thank goodness for that. Um, or that you have to have surgery. Again, thank goodness for that. Um, if you are an adult, you're not going to get a brace. Or if you do, it's it doesn't do very much. Um, so that's not an option. Uh, so literally, there is nothing the doctor can actually do about it, right? So that's the reason why they why they say this, and that pretty much means it's back to you. It's over to you again, which is probably why you're here, right? Because um, it's about living with scoliosis, and what can you do about it, and and you know what are the things that you can do to. Um, make sure it doesn't get worse, to improve it, what, whatever you, you want to do, of course. Um, lovely. So Kat is saying it causes problem but never sought treatment. I went to a chiropractor for several years ago. That's how I managed. And this is also, you know, it's, it's very common that for a long period of time we don't have any problems and then it does cause problems and that it kind of forces us to look into it a little bit further. So I just want to take it back a, a notch just when we come to the, the diagnosis. So you, are, you know that you've been properly diagnosed when you've not only done the Adams forward vent test, but you've also had an x-ray because those two things are going to uh, confirm exactly what what is going on. So physiotherapists have a whole kind of check thing, checklist that they have to go through. And then there's two options here as well. It could mean that you have a structural scoliosis or it could mean that you have a functional scoliosis. I won't go into huge amount of detail because I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you go back to that um, if, if you feel that that's relevant to you. <coughs> but just very briefly, a structural scoliosis, I kind of imagine this as a, uh, a beautiful kind of curvy oak tree or something like that, you know, like a curvy tree that actually grows into this curvy shape. It does not mean it's weak. It does not mean it's sick. Um, a tree is can be curvy, most of them are, and they are strong. Great, right? So that would be kind of a structural scoliosis where the actual spine is shaped in a way that has this curve. A functional scoliosis is more that it's coming from an outside force. So for example, I kind of imagine this like a, um, like a more bendy plant, like a bamboo or something like that, that you can bend to one side and it's bent because um, because you're pulling on it, for example, right? So a functional scoliosis is is for example when there is a um, when the muscles are really short on one side and they pull the spine into the direction. It could also mean that the surface that your not the surface that your base, meaning your legs, your feet, um, create this imbalance <clears throat> that then makes it appear that you your spine is bent this way but really it's because of your legs so it's not actually 
that the, the bones themselves are kind of shaped in a way that um, to take you into scoliosis. So very, very important to <clears throat> recognize the difference. And again, I've, I've got most people that do my courses and they are in the membership have got a structural scoliosis. But occasionally there are people that actually have much more of a functional scoliosis that kind of were diagnosed by someone um, and then they kind of think they have to do all these things, but it's very different. So structural scoliosis is very, very different from a functional scoliosis. Again, I don't wanna go into too much detail because you can just go back to that back chat and, and listen to that as well. So Hannah is saying by my GP at the age of 15, after complaining about back pain for a while, it was originally put down to growing pain. Hmm, interesting. And then I would love to hear, Hannah, what what then? So you were diagnosed at 15. What was kind of um, what happened next? <laughs> Did they say, oh, um, there's nothing they can do about it? Did they say, oh, we keep, keep an eye on it? Did they say um, have surgery? Did they say wear a brace? Um, let us know a little bit more. I'm just I'm just curious. And I think that's kind of what happens when you've then actually been diagnosed. So let's say you went from somebody just mentioning it to then actually having this diagnosis. Um, what are the questions, right? What are the things that go through your mind? And um, I can, you know, just to name a few, it could be, of course, does this mean it's going to get worse? Does this mean I'm going to have pain? Um, does this mean, what does this mean, right? <laughs> um, a lot of people have questions, a lot of women have questions about pregnancy, right? What does this mean um, in terms of having a baby? What is there anything that I should not do? Is there anything that can make it worse. Um, all these kind of kind of things. It kind of um, it's it's the start of a storm, right? You, the storm has just started with your diagnosis, and then you get kind of swirled around and swirled around, and you have all these questions. So let me know if this is something that you can relate to, and maybe if you can think back to your diagnosis, what maybe your questions were. And those of you who were children. Maybe like me, you don't really remember, um, or maybe it's your parents, right, that had to kind of deal with this. And that probably had all the questions. So I want to relate this back to yoga, of course, and what does this mean for your yoga practice? Because that's my domain. <coughs> so Hannah is saying, they said it wasn't bad enough to need surgery and that I would be fine. And that I then began my journey of self-managing um, self -managing it, for example, chiropractor, physio, massage, yoga, osteopath, etc., which has led me here. <laughs> Welcome, Hannah. And, you know, this is very much my journey as well um, with, with scoliosis that we kind of have to start the journey, right? And... Uh, figure out what is actually 
helping us. And, and, and of course, so when I was um, in my 20s, there wasn't a lot of help and there wasn't a lot of information. If you had a scoliosis that wasn't too bad, you're pretty much on your own, right? You, that's it. You're like, well, nothing that we can do. You figure it out yourself. So, so this is really the whole point of this YouTube channel, of course, um, that we we help each other, and you know that I obviously tell or teach you what I learned over the years, um, and yeah, that we kind of inspire each other and, and help each other to figure out what is working and what is not working. So for me, all of this. All of the treatments Hannah just mentioned were great. All of them were helpful, right? Um, but what has been most helpful was when I did something myself, not if somebody did something on me, for me, massage and all of this. It's all great. It's all useful. But it was only when I took responsibility for it and when I kind of got involved myself rather than um handing it over to somebody else that it made all the difference uh okay so phoebe was is saying um why was my mom told not to cut her, cut the hair when spina bifida developed i'm not quite sure what what um what you want to say phoebe so you might have to clarify this a little bit more um, <clears throat> Hisham is saying, I was diagnosed with scoliosis last year at 28, age 28, when I did a scanner with a double S curve, 15 degree. What should, what should I do and don't? Any advice? My work is based on sitting more than eight hours a day on a, on a PC. I'm at a desk, I'm guessing. <laughs> yes. So this is, thank you so much, Hisham, for this question. This is a great question. And it's a question what so many have, right? So you have been diagnosed, double S curve, sounds pretty bad, not because of the degrees you're mentioning, but, you know, you've got a double S curve, you've got scoliosis. Um, <clears throat> now what, right? So first of all, I would, I would say to this, Hisham, so you're telling me that the curve is 15 degrees. So we know a diagnosis is from 11 degrees of, uh, of curvature of the spine, and they measure this in a cop angle. Anything below that is not called a scoliosis, a structural scoliosis, even though there is a bit of a sideward curvature. So it's only really from 11 degrees that it's actually called a structural scoliosis. So meaning, I would think about this, um one degree is not very much right if you've got 10 degrees you don't have scoliosis if you've got 11 degrees you've got scoliosis will there be much difference no probably not right between two people but one of them will have the diagnosis and the other one won't Hisham, for you i would say 15 degrees is very mild so you are just over the 11 degree mark basically. Um, and we can have curvatures up to 90 degrees and more, you know, there's people who have got even more. 
Um, so up to 25 degrees is considered mild. Then we've got moderate to about 40, 45 degrees. And then we've got severe scoliosis. <coughs> so is this differentiation important? It is and it isn't. In terms of pain, um, I have not found a direct correlation between how big a curvature is and the amount of pain there is. So it's not like when you have a much more severe scoliosis that you have more pain. It's actually sometimes the opposite. So that's interesting to, to keep in mind. Um, but of course, what is, what is different if you have a more severe curvature is that all your muscles and your connective tissue are having to work a lot harder to keep you balanced. Meaning if you, if you have a 45 degree curve, and especially if it's just a curve going to one side, your body has to work extremely hard to keep you kind of upright in this upright position. So there is much more uh, tendency to go into the scoliosis pattern more and more and more. The stronger you are, um, generally also flexibility, we can kind of talk about but generally if you're strong and flexible you have a very good chance that this is not getting worse especially if you have a mild to moderate scoliosis so Hisham for you I would say the best thing that you can do is stay active um, make sure that you think about elongation, lengthening, and I don't know if you do any any type of exercise right now. Um, strengthening is a, is a really, really good idea. What you don't want to do is kind of be too much in your pattern. But this is what we don't know, of course. We know you've got an S-curve, but we don't know if one curve is bigger than the other, where exactly it is in the spine and, and all of that. But at 15 degrees, you know, this is, again, this is very mild. So the best thing you can do is stay active. Um, and especially because you told us that you're sitting at your desk quite a lot. So what are you doing all day? It's probably in this kind of hunched forward position. So I would have you do a lot of standing poses in yoga. I would have you probably doing some opening of the front of the body just to make sure to kind of, we talked about this in class today, um, to expand the, you know, the front of the chest and create space at the front of the body because all these muscles get short and get, get really, really tight. So that's the sort of thing I would do. Um, so let me know if that helps. <laughs> Good, so Rochelle is saying, when I was a teen, I went to a physiotherapist and wore a brace. Today, I worry a lot about my scoliosis, even if the doctors say that it's unlikely to worsen in, in adults yes and we can we can all relate to this right um what does this mean right when we get older of course and we we want to make sure it doesn't get worse and it might or it might not right but what is concerning is if it um worsens rapidly so this is you know if it's like a, a little bit every year you want to keep an eye on it, of course. But if it starts to be visible and you notice that it's getting getting worse, 
you know, that's really when you want to do something about it, obviously, and, and make sure that you get the help that you need. Good. So Laura is saying um, that is the goal, being strong and flexible. Being too flexible makes it harder to get really strong. Yes, that's a good point. And, you know, that's why I said it kind of with a little bit of caution, because um, scoliosis often comes with hypermobility. And hypermobility is a problem um, of lack of support, lack of strength. And this is really, really, really important if we want to make sure we're, we're not kind of this bendy tree, which is being pulled over into a direction, but we want to be this kind of the strong oak tree, of course, that is healthy and beautiful and wonderful, but it's not being pulled further into its scoliosis. Good. Joan is saying most scoliosis is on the right side do scoliosis form on the left as well thoracic you mean <clears throat> um so in general no not not most types of scoliosis are going to the right but most thoracic scoliosis curves go to the go to the right side um, most lumbar curves go to the left and then there is a bit of a mixture in the in the thoracolumbar curves so this is Again, there is no clear answer to this. Um, some people say it's because the heart is on the left. So when the spine is developing, it's kind of, or the scoliosis is developing, it's avoiding the heart. Um, that's one of handedness is something else that's kind of, uh, it's not really verified um, because not just because you have right thoracic scoliosis means that you're right handed, of course. So, um, but what, what, what the specialists do say is that there is kind of a, a built-in tendency of the spine to rotate into spiral into one direction and, or in this kind of pattern and it just kind of tends to, to come out this way. So we don't really know, it's kind of the the, the short answer to this, but it is very interesting that most thoracic curves go to the right, of course. Um, good. Does dancing help with scoliosis from getting worse? Say, for example, if your teenager is involved in a dance class in school. <clears throat> um, I would say yes and no. It depends on the teenager. Uh, in general, movement is great and movement, especially if you enjoy it, is great. When you are growing, this is all a little, little bit of a different story. This is why teenagers are being put into braces <laughs> because we kind of want to keep them together while they are still developing and while they're growing. So as an adult, this is not so much of a problem. Then you can do whatever you want to. Um, as a teenager, usually you know again movement is encouraged and it's a good thing to do but being super flexible and bendy um, is not so good so I would if my if it was my daughter and she had scoliosis um, I would want her to do things that she loves 
And if she loves dancing, then I would let her do the dancing and all of it. But I would make sure she's got something else to compensate for that, if that makes sense. So I would have her work on a lot of stability things to kind of compensate for it as well. Um, but it always depends on the, on the teenager. Again, if they are hypermobile, if they're super flexible, you want to encourage the, the strengthening and, you know, the swimming and building up of, of strength and muscles. It's really, really important. Good. So let me know, guys, if if this is helping. Um, so what what we kind of just to kind of summarize a few things here, we want to make sure we actually have had a proper diagnosis before we kind of jump to conclusions. That's very important. Um, you want to make sure if it's functional or structural, of course, um, you want to get as much information as possible. This is why this YouTube channel is here, of course. Um, what does that mean? How severe is my curve actually? What is kind of the prognosis? Difficult to predict, unfortunately. Um, how old are you? All these are factors, of course, that are going to influence what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing um there is no clear answer either so it, it's kind of you will find your way um and there are people around obviously to to help and instagram is a great um platform i feel to to kind of find more more information and you can follow me there as well as yogaberry.scoliosis if you're not already um and i always share other people's approaches obviously as well and there's a lot of people that live with scoliosis and do exercise. So again, these are, these are the type of people you want to learn from, right? Who have actually experienced and, you know, what are they doing to um, be proactive and to make sure that it's not getting worse. Good. Sunita is asking, is jumping jacks advised in case of 24 degrees right lumbar scoliosis? So 24 degrees, <coughs> excuse me is still falling into the category of mild scoliosis, just about, kind of towards moderate as well. Um, I would ask how old you are. In general, actually, I don't need to know how old you are. Please do your jumping jacks. Yes, that's fine. Um, the only thing so far that I have come across where, where specialists would say, mm, better not do this, is when you're still growing and trampolining because of that mm, bounciness bouncy impact it's just not such a great idea that's so far that's the only thing that i've come across at where um definitely surgeons and orthopedists would say mm, let's leave that until you're not growing anymore however when you're an adult you can do anything you know everything is is fine unless obviously it causes you pain pain is a signal from the body that something isn't right for you right now and that might or might not be related to scoliosis so scoliosis sometimes comes with um, si joint problems pelvic problems um, it can come with um, um, disc problems, degeneration, of course, depending on how, how old you are. 
Um, so there are other conditions that can be linked to it, but just having scoliosis should not prevent you from from doing anything. And again, that this is what we're what we're doing in the in the practice transformation right now. We are figuring out uh, what are what are the poses that are good for us as individuals. So, for example, for me at 41 years old uh, with a <clears throat> 25 degree left lumbar curve, no degeneration, um, fit and healthy, being a yoga teacher, moving quite a lot, having children, you stress me out quite a lot. You know, what are the poses that are good for me versus you are 13 years old, you've got the same scoliosis, but you're still growing, um, you're super flexible, and um, you hate moving. That would be a very different story, even though we have the same scoliosis. Or you are 75, you've got osteoporosis. Um, and uh, I'm just trying to think of, of different different things that could be going on. <clears throat> and you also have a 25 degree left lumbar curve. So again, same scoliosis curve, different person, different needs. Um, Good. So Sunita is 56. So if you love your jumping jacks, like in terms of bone density, jumping is a good idea. It's great. Um, but you know, that might not be right for for other people who find them uncomfortable. So if you can do them, go for it. Um, good. So Hisham is saying, thank you so much for the advice. I will do yoga and stretching, like you said, the bigger curve, it starts from the lumbar to mid-back. Um, the only thing keep bothering me is the fear of it will go worse. So again, at 15 degrees, you do not have to worry about this. <clears throat> it's very, very unlikely that it will get worse. So um, women are in much higher kind of risk of things scoliosis progressing generally, pregnancy, menopause are um, kind of times where things get worse. So if you do not fall into this category, you've got an advantage there. Also kind of anything that is below the 35 degree mark is pretty, um, they say, stable when you're an adult. So again, as, as long as you don't just turn into a couch potato and you know start to not do anything and not move at all anymore your body is pretty clever and it will make sure that it it doesn't get worse okay liz is saying i'm taking this as the last one <laughs> Liz is saying what would be a better aerobic exercise than jumping jacks oh okay let's do a little brainstorm here then <clears throat> I don't know what's the problem with jumping jacks. <laughs> I mean, I don't like them, <laughs> um, but you know, they they are they're a perfectly good thing to do. I um, I think again for like bone density, jumping impact is actually quite good. Running is good. Skipping is good. Um, what else can we think of? I don't know, like go to your spinning class or, or something like that. 
um, they're all good. Again, you have to enjoy it, right? I hate spin class, so um, I don't like it. I do like going for bike rides, and but it's not, you know, it's probably not vigorous enough to call it a, um, an aerobic exercise. But there are plenty, plenty of things that you can that you can do, of course. And again, <clears throat> you just want to make sure that always monitor how you feel afterwards, right? And if it causes you kind of back problems and lower back, then that might not be the right thing for you at that time. But it doesn't mean that you can never do. So Liz saying she's doing fast walking, skipping Nordic movements. Yeah, all, all great, right? They're all good. Um, even running is fine, but not everyone can do it. So again, you have to kind of make sure that that you find something that uh, that that works for you and that you will actually do. Right. So um, <laughs> there's no point finding the the perfect thing and then you don't actually do it. Um, good. Lovely, everyone. So I said, if you missed it in the beginning, if you do want to be an interview guest here on, on this back chat, please email me. You can email me at uh, christine at yogaberry.net. That comes to me directly. And um, if you've got a story to share, if, you know, yoga has helped you, maybe, and then feel free to get in touch. We do. We want to hear from you, of course. Um, doesn't matter if you've had spinal fusion or not, or living with scoliosis. Um, we want to hear from you. I always think it's really, really inspiring to to hear all the the different stories. And you know, even if it's sharing your struggles, um, then knowing that others, you know, will find comfort in that that they are not alone, and there are other people that are going through the same thing. So. This is something I do want to say that um, don't underestimate your the impact that you can have by sharing your story and sharing what you know. Lovely. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to me, as always. And um, yeah, I hope to see you in class at some point. And I see you next week for another back chat. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net. <laughs>